Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host George. Hello team music. And Grant. Hello there music fans <laughs> slash team, team music. music. We remembered. Uh, each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. It's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love. And we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums we've nominated. You can find the link in our show notes. And of course, we have a Patreon. You can back us there from as little as $1 a month. And you get early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes, and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. The flawless love. Flawless what love. a Spread wonderful delivery. <laughs> Speaking of bonus episodes, we recently, our most recent bonus episode that's up now, if people want our patrons and if you want to be a patron, you can listen to it, was about One Hit Wonders. And during the One Hit Wonder episode, I positioned that I don't like the concept of a One Hit Wonder purely because usually it means that people are just thinking about what music charted and then went away and they never really had mm. another chart hit. But often those bands went on to do some really great work that nobody knows about. And in my That's literally the nature of a one hit wonder. I know, but I don't I don't like talking about it. So it's I don't <laughs> it's, I don't like the idea of like it's a one hit wonder because there have been bands that I have grabbed that one hit and then I've followed them up with stuff that people didn't know about. And today we are going to talk about one such band who many years five years, seven years after their one hit wonder released an album that nobody knows about, didn't chart. We're not going to talk about chart positions or the impact yep. on the music industry as a whole or anything like that. They released an album that I think is flawless. So today I'm nominating Nada Surf and their third album, Let Go. In the blizzard of 77, the cars were just lumps on the snow. And then later, tripping in 7-Eleven, the shells were stretching out of control. On a plane ride, the more it shakes, the more I have to let go. Yeah, you did. Yes, Thank did. you, Liam. Even yeah, though this album is not as popular yeah. as previous albums. Oh, so, behave. So, <laughs> so those of you, if you're wondering, how do I know Nada Surf? Back in 1995 six? or 6, their debut breakthrough single was called Popular. They were they were a bit of a grunge band and they found yes. an old, um, how advice, like an advice, advice book for women on how to date and how to dress mm -hmm. and get boys' attention and stuff. And it was like spoken slash shouted yeah. verses yes. and then went into a real catchy chorus yeah. mm -hmm. of popular. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the rest of that album. With a great album, music video too. Yes, very cool way. video. So yeah, they did that. They did that. Disappeared like high, low, didn't have a lot of impacts. Didn't really, most of it wasn't that similar to popular. I've got high, low, but I don't remember how it goes, but it's, yeah. Didn't really sound a lot like that. But over time, and they're still together now, and they've released uh, nine albums now, including one back in 2020. And they've carved a bit of a niche for themselves as nice pop rock musicians. Like it's mm -hmm. not, they're not grungy, you know, high yeah. school kids. They're just nice guys who make nice pop music, pop rock music about love and about yearning and yeah, wanting to be in love and stuff. So yeah, over time they have, they've evolved their style and- Which is nice. Yeah, which you have to do. Um, so 
uh, Let Go and then the few albums after. So I have them all. I have everything from Let Go wow. onwards. Cool. Um, and yeah, Let you Go. You had Popular or the album with Popular on it? No, no. I, I went back and got that eventually, but... This album came out in 2003, 2002, okay. 2003. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was 2002 in Europe and 2003 in the US. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there and thereabouts. Critically acclaimed. Yeah, so got some good reviews because it's nice and it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward, nice pop rock, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if I got it right at the time. That would be around about the time where I was like, I, I had disposable income for the first time in my life and I was signed as like what if, a good time if I could find it at Rocking Horse for like 10 bucks I would have bought it and and that sort of thing but it did yeah I remember I remember at the time seeing some reviews and that sort of thing saying they really liked it and I was like alright I can check that out and it was pre-Spotify so I must have bought it so I did buy it and then listened to it and I was like yeah this is actually an amazing album of its own style not you know similar to popular that sort of thing no and so my question is <laughs> are there are Two variants of this. Yes. yes. So Australia oh. got the European version. Australia got the European version. So if you're listening to the album on Spotify, which you can do, that's fine. Um, you will get a different, a couple of di- one different song. I think one comes in and one goes out. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think Happy Kid goes out. Um, and then, that's a shame. Yes. Yeah. That is a crying shame. Yes. But the thing that the thing that really bugs me. So I've listened, tried listening to it on Spotify, and I can't do it. So I had to create. I had to create a playlist of all the songs yes. of my own, which is the one I shared with you guys. Yeah, is that it opens with Blizzard '77, but then it doesn't go into the way you wear your head. Mm. Huh. So when Blizzard '77 ends and something else comes in, I'm like, no, nah, this is not happening. Like not right. that that whistle noise at the start of Blizzard, uh, start of the way you wear your head, is how I need to come out of Blizzard '77. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't do that, then it's I can't. It just gives me it's the heebie-jeebies. So oh. fair enough. You need to avoid the, the heebie-jeebies at yeah. all costs. So yeah, if Please. you're out there and you want to listen to it in the order, Wikipedia has the alternate track order, or you can find me on Spotify and find my playlist, and it's open for everyone to listen to it in the true <laughs> order that God intended. <laughs> well, or any deity yeah. you choose to yeah. believe in. Correct. George. Hello. I know you'd heard of Nada Surf. I had. Because at the moment I said Nada Surf, you started singing popular in the group chat. Correct. Outside of Nada popular, had you heard of Nada Surf at all, done anything with them? No, I'd have put them down as a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Because they um, came out with this grungy sound mm. and whatever else they brought out did not go in uh, – it did not register with no. me on MTV. No, so, didn't, yeah, um, didn't do any of that sort of stuff. Popular, like, did a lot for me. It was great. Um, mm. And then I didn't follow up with, um, I heard no other songs, um, and I didn't follow up by buying any more. Um, so that was, that was when I was, like, 11. Um, and, yeah, I didn't buy the album or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed watching the music video. Um, but because Matthew just came across as really cool, in the video, yeah, like in the he had his glasses, and then he takes them off when he gets angry. And yeah. It's just yeah, I'm like yeah, you take your glasses off, Matthew. Take them off. Um, it, it's actually quite an interesting performance because he's not like that. He's not cool. He's he's like like an indie hipster, like doesn't like the spotlight kind of stuff. No. More like he's not like he's not like the national level of shying away from it, but he's not a big popular sort of yeah, cool guy. But I did find out that something very cool about him is he has another band 
called Minor Alps. Mm -hmm. And that's with Juliana Hatfield, who's someone I love and adore, who is in line with the Lemonheads, who you've previously Mm. covered on Flawless. Yeah. Mm. So at some point, I'll have to see if there's a Flawless Juliana Hatfield and we can just Mm. have like a... Six days from Kevin Bacon slash you. (laughs) I have the Minor... I think Minor Alps have only put out one album... I don't think they're an ongoing thing. I think they were just like a one and done. Fair enough. But I'm pretty sure I have it because, yeah, I was following his stuff intently. Fair enough. They were also on Barshock Records. Yes. Which had Death Cab for Cutie, Dismemberment Plan, Ben Gibbard from mm. Death Cab for Cutie, Mates of State, Riley, Kylie, They Might Be Giants. All bands yes. that I like. Very indie, hipstery label. Yeah. Early 2000s. Mm-hmm. All together, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were, they don't stay on one label very long, these guys. I don't have the exact list, but I think they never put out more than one or two before they end up switching or self releasing albums and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So they, they move around a fair bit. Grant, mm. had you popular, heard of Nardis? Oh, you had heard popular, had, cool. certainly had, had heard popular mm-hmm. from memory. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing further to that. So, yeah, but, oh, what a nice name, no yeah. surf, <laughs> Nada, no surf. I mean, it's like you're playing the man here. Yeah. <laughs> so for you then have you seen them live yes i have seen them live really? they've been to brisbane twice and i saw them both times which has been really cool haven't yeah i somewhere in my mind i feel like i've seen them a third time while must have been while we're overseas at some yeah you saw them at tivoli or something so um back in 2003 they played the zoo cool off the back of this album which before was really the cool. aircon Sorry, nineteen. Well, years before ago. the aircon, so it was. It would have been sweltering, <laughs> like it would have been real nasty, yeah. real, real bad. Clammy, clammy. So yeah, but got a lot of this album on the tour, which was really yeah. cool because I loved this album. I was that's like, yeah, cool. that's awesome. And they played popular second last, and they were like, oh, we we really don't want to play this, but I guess we kind of have to because they'd never played Brisbane before. Like literally, went from that never. when that song came out, they'd never <laughs> played it. So I was like, they knew some people would like. So they played it. It's obviously a bit janky when you play it live because there's points where he's talking and he's singing in the mm. song and it sort of, yeah, yeah, it gets a bit weird and obviously they, they're they sick of it, but they played it and it was cool. Um, and then in 2012, so nine years later, they came back and played the Spiegel Tent. Oh. What, was really that? Cool. what was that? So, was that? so the Spiegel Tent is like festival. a... Yeah, so it's Spiegel a it's tent. Spiegel Tent, yeah. So it's like a venue, that, but it's like a mobile venue yeah. and it's got like... It depends how they... Sometimes they can set it up with benched chairs and tables yeah. and sometimes it's just a big tent. And sometimes it's in King George Square. This time it was over at South Bank. But it's just... Because oh, it's just really? a tent, they can put it in, you know, botanical gardens. They can move sure. around and do stuff. So, Spiegel, yeah. is, that, is that a brand of something? Or no, is that a... a German circus tent. Yeah. It's just so called if you think at about the Spiegel it's Tent. At the Spiegel Tent. It's got mm-hmm. like, you know, multicolored spiral, yeah. like towers and just a tent. stuff like that. Mm. So that was off the back so of an album called, yeah. which is one of my favorite album titles of all time, which is The Stars Are Indifferent to Astronomy. So no. why this one and not, why, why Let's Go and not that one? Um, oh, I, the album, the album's not, that album's as, not flawless. Oh, yeah, okay. so Let okay. Go is flawless. The Wait as a Gift is almost there. Lucky is almost there. Um, by the time they get to that, it's less so. Like, it's still really cool stuff, but it's not up to that flawless level. Mm-hmm. But they tour it off the back of that. But it's just the title that I love. It's like the idea of like, there's, there's these stars up here. And human beings on this one planet are putting lifetimes worth of work into trying to study them. Where are they? What are they doing? Are they yeah. there? How old are they? How much energy do they put out? And the start, they're just like, that's just they're just there. They don't they don't get affected by that at all. Um, so the one bad thing about so Spiegel Tent, they didn't play popular because I think they'd obviously like, well, we played it in Brisbane. You're done. Yeah, we're not doing it again. But they had because of the Isn't way that a pity though. No, not for that song. I, I can see why they'd be over. Like okay. I get, I was super glad they played it the one the first time you because saw literally it. no one could have seen it. Yeah. 
but then I get it's like no no we've played it in Brisbane before we and we don't like that song anymore so let's move on um, but because of the way the Brisbane Festival works you have a show and then you'll have another show in the Spiegel tent later on like you know there'll be like an hour's break and yes, then you'll play yes. again so they played their set and then they were like oh we'd, we'd really love to keep playing but we can't so they left and then we left and we were down at a um at a like cafe nearby or something and I saw people tweeting they just wandered outside and kept playing acoustic unplugged nah. stuff in the little space outside the tent because they just needed to be out and everyone was just sitting around watching them play but huh. by the time I found out about it and we got back there they'd stopped like they think like three or four more so Aww. it was very disappointing would have been awesome but yeah seen them a couple of times love them live they're really cool they you know it's cool music it's cool it's fun music to watch live they like people having a dance having a good time you're going to assume, obviously, neither of you have seen them live since you'd literally never heard of anything after. No. After Popular? Popular. No. Cool. No. Uh, sorry. Um, I hadn't, and they had didn't even show up on any of the music festivals that I usually go no. to with mm-hmm. all the epic lineups and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, I don't remember. So, um, yeah. But, I feel but, like they don't get out of the US that often mm-hmm. for touring stuff. So, so their lineup is Matthew Kors on lead vocals and guitar. Daniel Lorca on bass and backing vocals and Ira Elliott on drums and backing vocals. So, so they've, they've now did, got a, When did Doug join? So Doug, I think in the Wikipedia it said he was from like 2012 or something. Like it uh, was, okay. yeah, it was quite advanced before they... So yeah, so they've been a band 30 years, Matthew and Unreal. Daniel at least. Yeah. Same same three guys doing the, doing the thing the whole time. You know, putting an album out every two two to four years. I think there's, yeah, it's really remarkable that a band can just keep their lineup together. And once again, they're, it's probably because they're not popular enough to have to tour all the time. So the, being in the band doesn't necessarily affect the other things that they're doing in their life as much as it could if they were bigger. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. And from New York, was it right? I've already. Ithaca. Ithaca, New York, yeah. Yeah. So That's I, where all the cool kids are from. Ex Ambassadors, too. Yeah. Remember yeah. That? <laughs> yep. that was a good episode. It was a great episode. And, um, that if I had a half hour, mm-hmm. the album has covers songs by Depeche Mode. One Kate Bush, yes, you heard of that person? So yeah, so their sixth Spoon album was a covers a album, and ah. they covered they covered a Kate Bush song. Which one? I don't I don't remember. Grant's got Grant's oh, got the phone out. He's I'd have to find now. that <laughs> somewhere. Um, hang on. So when you drop this album in the group chat, yeah, and. I opened it up, bearing in mind, I learned never heard of Popular. Mm-hmm. Love was, and Anger, forgive me. Oh, very good. Um, bearing in mind, yeah, my experience of film was popular. So I was like, grungy, and I was like, okay, well, this is a few years later, um, but, well, eight years later, so I wonder how they transitioned. And then I opened it up, and Blizzard of 77 came on, and mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't popular. Yeah. <laughs> No, is, it's this, definitely not. This is cute American Americana, like acoustic oh, guitar, sure. layered high pitched vocals into introspective, sweet lyrics, nice melody, and the drop from major to minor to transition the mood mm. worked really well. But poor Ira doesn't get a look in. No, he doesn't. Sorry, Ira. No, no drums. So, and there's barely any bass either. Like it's mostly just for this first song is just Matthew and on his acoustic guitar. And the melody on the acoustic guitar is like it's three chords as well. Like it's not mm-hmm. a very complex melody either. It's really, but it's just a really nice, sweet song. It is, and he sings. 
Now the signal's still getting all mixed up. We're always doing damage control. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was when I was thinking about introspective stuff about uh, relationship. Mm. Like, because it's a blizzard, I was thinking about them being stuck inside mm. and um, immersed in each other's company and like pussyfooting around each other like eggshells and yeah. stuff. Because he talks about um, the cars just lumped under snow. So it's yeah. like that idea of like, yeah, there is a blizzard. He's stuck inside, but he's looking out. And then, yeah, everything is just snow and there's just snow everywhere with the cars just being these big lumps. Well, it would have been the blizzard of like 2001 because he wasn't going to be doing a blizzard of 77. <laughs> no, well, he said um, apparently there was a huge blizzard in seventy in Buffalo in 78. Um which was like famously, you know, people trapped inside and damaged and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. um, he said apparently there's a Blizzard of '77 board game, so that's where he got the title <laughs> from. So he wanted to be thinking about he was thinking about blizzards and stuff, and then yeah. there was a board game called Blizzard of '77, and he thought that round sounded like nice yeah. rolling nice off the opening. tongue. Then it's great so yeah, people keep people keep thinking, oh, did you? They think he got it wrong, and they think, do you mean the Blizzard of '78 no. that was in Buffalo? And he's like, no. It's just a, just a blizzard and then so 77 is- sounds really cool rolling off the tongue. Um, but he, so he'll do this again. It's like, he sounds like he's talking about like literal things and things that he can see and things that are in his head. And then he gets to the end of the song and he goes, I miss you more than I knew. Mm-hmm. So he folds that really sad, really melancholic lyric, but he holds on to it till right at the end. So you, it sort of brings, so you got to listen to it and then come back again and listen to it again to go, oh, so that's what he's actually like. It's that lost, it's that lost feeling of like, I, I wanted you more and I, I miss you more than I thought I would when I let you go. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole song is, is fell, fed through that. But you only know that once you've heard it for the first time and you've got to come back and get it again for the full effect. Aww. So, yeah. You look a bit emotional. Yeah. I love Blizzard of, like, Blizzard of 77 is one of those songs where like, if I could learn to play an acoustic guitar, that's one of the songs that I'd like to learn to play because it is only like three or four chords. I don't know how complex the chords are, but yeah, I would love to be able to play that. Do song you want me to learn song. it and teach you? I want you to learn it, but you don't have to teach me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to learn it, that would be awesome, but I don't need to be able to play it. I know I want to look what those chords are right now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Ultimate Guitar App. Mm. So yeah, and we go, like I said, we go straight from like this really soft acoustic number, really gentle, right in, straight into The Way You Wear Your Head, which is mm. just this like beautiful pop rock song to kick out from Blizzard. Um, I think one of the things that, and once again, this goes carries through the whole album, is Ira Elliott's drum work is really good, like understated. It's never showy and it's never big and huge. Like, um, look at me, I'm this awesome, super fast-paced drummer, but mm-hmm. he does really awesome work and I think he does it really amazing here. It, yeah, because it does come in with full band, mm. so but it's still cute. Um, and the opening lyrics are very cute. Don't push me because I'm solid like oh i've been in that situation where i'm like talking to somebody and i'm just like whatever you say right now i'm falling in love and there's yeah. no you have no choice in the matter it feels like from a dude it's like it's to, to like a, a an indie chick 
like who's got like really indie chick haircut and she's saying totally. really cool things and he's just there and he's Manic having a conversation at a party and he's just besotted mm-hmm. with her and like whatever she says next, he's just going to be like, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm in love with you right Pearl, away. Manic Pixie Dream Girl situation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. totally. Double like, tick, bud. The way we Yeah, I've got a little heart that's, on that's that one. That's it, that's it. Mm. The drums ramp right. up a bit for the outro. Yeah. Um, And then there's feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a few songs that, change tempos mid song in throughout the entire album once again that's that drum work of just keeping that balance and and really awesome drum work all the way through which is mm-hmm. really cool so and then into fruit fly which yeah. which has the combinate which combines the both the best of both worlds so it's like you've heard our soft one you've heard our higher paced pop rock song now we're going to have one that starts really soft and once again it's just a song it's just him. It's just him telling a story of a thing that happened to him. So, like, I found an interview where he talked about all the songs on the album, mm. and this is just literally something that happened to him. Is he left a plate of plate of food or a thing of food on the table, Too went much. away, came back, there were flies there. He's like, oh, that's a mess. Took it away, and the flies were still there. And he was like, holy crap! And he wrote, and he like instantly ran away from the table and wrote the song. <laughs> fruit flies. Like, oh my god, this is I've been inspired. <laughs> mm. And well, so it sounds literal. Um, and so it's like it picks up again. So it goes really soft and then it's like the crunching guitars and that sort of stuff come in. But then he does that same thing again where he ties it into like, oh, it sounds like it's just a stupid song about something that he saw. But then he actually says that he really loves fruit flies because they just they have they fly in these really janky rhythms. They just fly anywhere and they never really know where they're going and they don't really understand where they're going or what they're doing. But just something grabs them in the moment that they don't understand and they change direction and they move this way and they move that way. My... Uh old colleague was doing a PhD um, on like in with genetics and stuff like that and they used to have to do tests on fruit flies mm-hmm. um, but because he was like first year PhD his job was to take the um, huge box of fruit flies and individually sex them and put them into separate <laughs> like male and female boxes so that they could run their experiments on male fruit flies versus female fruit flies and yeah. he got partway through his PhD and went life's too short yeah, I don't want to do this yeah, well, look, his PhD and oh. that when I saw fruit fly on this album mm. the first thing I thought of was my mate Robin and um, him quitting his PhD nice. um, but I I've didn't been, I've been hearing about it for 30 seconds and I already think life's too short to <laughs> absolutely but there's a nice little synthy line in mm-hmm. here and then a kind of guitar riff um, outro yeah um, but there's a um, percussion that's not grunt the, mm-hmm. It sounds like a kabasa or something, okay. like nice. a little k- 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 yeah. noise. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that was nice to ha- bring something extra in. And, and then he's, he's got a really high falsetto voice too. I literally was about to say, yeah, the high bits with the oohs and the woes yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he goes like mm. because again, I'm used to popular, but he's this entire album's in his upper register. So it was like basically. I feel like they should have changed their name. Right. They're, like, so, they're so different. They should be so popular. different. It should be just, uh, rebranded. Yeah. Up to popular. And if they didn't want to actually be that, they should have just called themselves Minor Alps right. and then come out and yeah. people go, I know exactly what you're supposed to sound yeah. like. Yeah. Because it's so different. So, yeah, it's, it sounds like he's doing woos and o's, but he's actually singing, what can you do but go on? Oh, okay. But the go and the on are so high that they become almost unintelligible. And, and there's a really cool lyric at the end where he goes, and he's, once again, he folds it back into like the human behavior is like, oh, no, 
dirt buddies. Nice. Yeah, so it's really cool. So yeah, I just those three songs I think are just such a perfect opener to an album. It's like here's our soft one, which is really beautiful and heartfelt. Here's our pop rock song, and here's a song that proves that we can actually do quiet and big bombastic stuff in the same song. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an amazing opening. And he has Inside of Love, well, they have Inside of Love, which is like a total 2000s indie pop song. Mm-hmm. Like r- repeated, simple melody, like repetitive, um, but back to being introspective. Um, always. like yeah nice really romantic so yeah that's really sweet but like this came out in 2002 Mm. and i feel like um there's a coldplay song thank you (laughs) thank you yes you're gonna go there i've I've written it down yeah right what what song is it yellow absolutely that riff right massively yeah the whole thing the whole thing was the coldplay song yeah yeah like coldplay yellow I don't know which one came out first. It doesn't matter. Okay. Thank you. Well, That's what I was, I was going to It matters get to. if we think we're accusing somebody of stealing. No, it's entire, a similarity. I mean, it's, it's the... But it's, yeah, it's the way the, the, way the whole rhythm works. Mm. Um, and that guitar. And the guitar works. Through. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, I actually wrote... Like, well then. I feel like Coldplay ripped this off. Or the other way. Uh, well, I'm sure I, I thought that Coldplay... This is out in 2000. Coldplay was certainly 2000. Three. This album, 2002, this album came out. So yeah, I haven't written down any Inside of Love lyrics because it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. So I, li- I literally pretty much know it back to back. Um, but, so yeah, so that's the same thing where he's just like, I just go out, I make out with people I hardly know or like, I can't, you know, I just do whatever. It's just, he's like doing that party lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole, and it's this whole like, oh, it's this outpouring of like, I want to be in love and I'm not in love and, I don't understand what's on the inside of love and I've never understood love. And it's, oh my God, it's this really huge angsty moment. And then the last song, the last line of the song is, it's okay, I just had one bad night. So we've all had that night where we've gone out and go, oh fuck, everything's fucked. I hate this. You know, you hate your friends, you yeah. hate your crushes, the crush doesn't respond, whatever. Everyone, And then you get home like, fuck, the world's never going to be the same. I'm going to, you know, and for him, he's like, I'm going to write this whole angsty song. And then you wake up the next morning and you go, okay, that was a bad night. I had a bad night but everything's not really as bad as I thought it was. But I love that on this one, it's like this huge outpouring of like, I want to be in love. I want to understand what it is. I want to know what love is sort yeah. of thing. And then at the last, it's like, no, it's okay. I just had one bad night. I'm okay. Unlike Weezer, which would end it with, and life sucks. Yeah. So it was so cool. Did you have dates for us, Grant? Did, did he rip um, off yellow? Looking, they might have. Uh, okay. Because this came out, you say 2003, but, that, the, but yellow was out. Um, twenty sixth of June two thousand. There we go. Might have been an 26th, influence. Twenty sixth of July two thousand. There we go. Oh my god! I can't believe we both wrote down. <laughs> yeah, that's all I wrote. And I don't. I, I like I, both I, the tracks. I, I love yellow, but I'd never heard. I had not heard that connection at all. Well, I, I thought know. it was the the other one, the one where he's going backwards in the music video. 
the, the scientist. scientist. Yeah, I thought it was a scientist. Might have been that one. I thought it was yellow. Anyway. Anyway, um, it was, yeah, we've got the band. At least we can yeah. agree on the band. I've got a little, <laughs> Some similarities. I've got a little heart next to Killian's Red. Oh, mm. nice one, hey? Pretty guitar riff intro. Yeah. And then I would like to emphasize this very sexy bass line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Underland? It's italics. really important to me. It's all in italics, so my handwriting's are atrocious. Um, but it's very important to me that I can hear a good bass line. Mm-hmm. Like in yeah, a you are. You said that before. Well, it's because sure. I'm a bassist. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's om- ominous and sultry, and but romantic. And there's that element of being hopeful they'll run away together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. So there is like big lifts and guitar riffs and. He sings. You woke me from a long sleep, and I'm almost And I liked that. Nice. Um, with full band outro. So, uh, so yeah. yeah Longer like song on the album has a slow build. Like that melody just played over and over, whereas most of their songs they kind of get into it pretty quickly, whereas this mm-hmm. one's the melody loops a fair bit. Once again, literally a song about a thing that happened to him where he was he'd made friends with a person and like he was feeling like a really good connection and they both were but they were already seeing someone mm-hmm. so in order for them to get together they were going to have to break up with the person they were already seeing and he was tortured because he really wanted to be with this person but he also didn't want to be the reason that some other relationship ended like a no fault ending relationship mm-hmm. so that's so that's the thing is like I, where he talks about you know i left you a note come out we'll both get wasted it's like i like he doesn't know how to deal with whether he wants to be with her or not with her or can he be friends. So he's just like, and I'm assuming it's a her, um, but it might not be. And but it's just like, let's just get wasted. Like you know, we'll like I don't I don't want to have to think about it. And if the way I don't have to think about it is to get wasted, let's get wasted. And the person mm-hmm. I like getting wasted most with is you. So you could come out and do it with me. Aww. So yeah, it's kind of a bit of a heartbreaker, heartbreaking one. When you are describing some of these, don't. Don't you feel like Liam has been out with Matthew and they've had a few drinks yeah. and heart to heart <laughs> the, and now you're relaying? D- well, yeah. The, yeah. If that was the case, I would definitely not be saying what that's about because that would be revealing things that he hasn't revealed already. But everything that I'm saying comes from an interview that he gave. So I'm, okay. I'm like, definitely no insider secrets here. This is definitely stuff that he's said and is available on the internet and online. Um, but with that one, he was a little bit cagey about the whole thing. He didn't want to sort of say too much. So it was kind of... Sure. I feel like you remember when we had Spencer on the podcast and he mm-hmm. was talking about how a song remind an album reminded him of a previous crush, but he didn't want to talk about it too much because obviously he yes. he was with someone else now. Yeah, I got the feeling that was this vibe Same with this thing. song. Is like, oh, it's this all this stuff happened, and I wanted to be with this person, and they with other people, and it's obviously like since then it's been a whole other thing, and now he doesn't really want to talk about the individuals involved in case it sort of throws yeah. a bit of a spanner in the works. Spy, leave a little bit of mystery. Yeah, yeah, George. How much of La Porcha did you know? La Porcha. La Porcha. See, there you go. Yeah, that was, I, that's what I was going to say. I couldn't even pronounce it correctly. So <laughs> I'm with you, you're, you're, you're way ahead of me there. So, um, firstly, I had to do Google Translate. Right. So, um, did, so did I. I was wondering if you knew it. So, no, but it was all about predatory men um, and in enticing her, declaring men are bastards, but mm-hmm. maybe not all, yeah. and implying himself, like, yes, men are bastards, but I'm not a bastard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the exception to the rule. The premise. So, lo-fi, <laughs> bass, and guitar on that one. Yeah. So, Matthew, 
I was going to do in his introduction. His um, parents were both university professors and they took sabbaticals in France, oh. um, in Paris and in the Vaucluse in Provence. His mother was a distinguished professor of comparative literature, English and French at the Graduate Centre of CUNY. And her father and his father was a university professor of philosophy at George Washington University. So that's a long way of saying he's a very intellectual person and knows French. In the blood. But he rebelled by joining a rock band. He yeah. rebelled by joining a rock band. And he didn't write this song because he doesn't like French. It's too hard. He, does, he finds French very hard. He found it very hard to learn and doesn't actually, didn't actually stay with it. But his bandmate, the bass player, Daniel Lorca, speaks complete French. So <sighs> Daniel wrote this song. Fluent. Fluent. Sorry, that's much better word. Complete. Fluent French. Complete, complete French. French. Come on, Liam. That's good. All of the French. I'm very sore and tired. Um, Why are you sore and tired? Do you want to share with the, with the podcast? No, it's not. It's okay. just stuff. Bridgeton stuff. Marathon. Yeah, <laughs> I, was on the, I was in the Bridgeton <laughs> yeah, Marathon three hours ago. Jeez, um, Such is your commitment. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, his, yeah, the bandmate Daniel Walker wrote, and French. apparently, and I don't, remember, I don't remember if I've ever seen them play it, but according to the write-up, when they play it live, Daniel sings it. Oh, cool. So Matthew plays the guitar part because it's just a guitar and a um, vocal, I think. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, Daniel sings it when they play it live and he wrote it. He wrote most of it, which is really awesome. That's fun. And it leads into Happy Kids. Oh, yeah. Double tick. Happy kid. Has to be a double tick. That's yeah. a posse number. What a isn't cool it? track. Mm. So, rocky guitar. Yeah. Bit yeah. Bit of a drum roll in there. <laughs> yeah. Like it and it sounds posy as anything. So um, lyrics that stood out to me as desperately relatable. Mm-hmm. We, were talking, just, we were talking about this in the car on the way over. You mentioned some punk stuff and I was like, there's a song coming up that we can talk yeah. about. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. So when he sings, I'm just a happy kid stuck with the heart of a sad punk. Yes. <laughs> Lyric buddies. Yeah, right? And Such I was there cool, just like... That's a cool line. That's so me. Yeah. Like, I was mistaken for a homeless teenager on our way to the podcast today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but I'm covered in tattoos. Can, can, so you, can you tell us... Can you tell the listeners what happened or how that occurred? I was hunched over waiting for Liam to pick me up. I was in like the doorway of a bank that was closed <laughs> and it's in gold. the city centre and I'm wearing a hoodie and a Ramones t-shirt and hunched over with headphones on and an older gentleman around 80 years old walked up and looked down at me and said are you all right and I looked up and I was like pardon and I moved my headphones <laughs> and, he, and he went are you all right and I looked down and he was holding a $5 note out at me. Did you take it? <laughs> no, oh. I didn't take it. I said, <laughs> I said I'm fine, but thank you. Um, I would have taken it. Well, but anyway, okay. But no, so um, he, like, I was just hunched over because <laughs> I've been sick story. for the week. So I was like hunched over in a hoodie. But I've got a full face of makeup yeah. and I've got That's my hair best. done yeah. and I'm just like, this. You so, were quite outraged that he thought this when you'd just got your hair done. Yeah, no, yeah. I just spent you, you just paid money for I your hair to get fixed. Bucks and I'm like, I've got more in my bank account than he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was mistaken for a homeless teenager and then I found out that I've become a football or soccer tragic for my partner's football team and right now I'm planning for strategies and yet, he still doesn't like punk. 
So I'm like, and then I said to Liam, like, I just feel like I'm losing my punk ways. And he went, well, you're punk-ish. He yeah. had to add the ish. I had to add the ish. Well, I think you're it's... You're not in a band. I've been in bands. Yeah. I've been in punk bands mm-hmm. since hard. I was And this is how we wrapped up Flawless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the like, three of us. Thank you for coming to the final episode. Yeah, and, this, and that was where it was the final episode. Punk-ish. Oh, I think it was an appropriate assessment, Liam. I think so. But anyway... Matthew Cause, a punk trapped in happy kid happy trapped kid. in the body of a sad punk. Yeah, yeah. So the song and there's like other bits in this album too is about he's got there's, he's got both parts of him in that he can see and feel. So he's the punk. He's got the punk kid. He's angry and he's rebelling against the world and he hates certain things. But also part of him is like you're a white guy. You're in a band full time. You don't actually have that much to be angry about. Like you're living yeah. a pretty great life. He- Compared to a lot of other people, sure. So it's not, which is not to say you can't be a punk, but it's like he feels those two dichotomies of like I'm angry about things, but also some of the things I'm angry about affect me way less than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And like, should I be a punk if it's like affecting other people more than me? And like, so yeah. So he he's getting himself all confused. Yes. So what do you and do? Then, and he's seeing. Like, you can be a punk like Idols and yes. be a bunch of white guys singing really positive. Messages. They're coming soon, aren't they? November. November. Soonish. And I didn't get the ticket. You got tickets. I got tickets. You guys both got tickets. I've got a spare ticket. Um, so Let's he's talk sings. about the date. Yep. No matter who I hang out with, I can hear the clock clock of the chains that pull the cars up the roller coaster mountain top so even as you're lifting, and so this is the alternative version, it's like even as you're going up and you're being transported up into this awesome thing, he can hear the clack clunk in the machinery and he knows what's actually raising you up. And it's like, I feel like he's like, he's not sure, like he knows what's what's happening and what, what could go wrong and that sort of thing. Which Is is it like learning how the sausage is made? Yes, which I think is a similar thing to how I feel Oops. about things that make me Snuff. nervous. Tail. Is like, so I'm a nervous flyer. Are you? I'm super, I don't like flying at all. I'm super nervous flyer. And the reason I'm a super nervous flyer, and it's not that other people don't know, it's just that I'm really aware of all the things that could happen in any given moment that would cause like a complete disaster. Like, Like you know, this, yeah, this one little screw on the outside of a plane comes out and the plane crashes. This little, this little bolt here moves 30 degrees to the side and we're done. Like the and it's and I don't even know what those things are and it may not even be true. It's it may, like, definitely not true. My right, partner's exactly. a pilot. Yeah, my partner's so, done like has managed to land a plane with half a fuel tank. Yeah, but it feel but it feels to me like it's like we're all in this cannon. We're all in this tube of compressed Big air up there. Box that metal bird that millions of people do every single day completely. My wife's a flight attendant. Yeah, exactly. But bad things can happen and. Therefore, things must unexpectedly happen, and what happens, and so that's why. So I feel like that's a similar feeling to him. Is like he's, he knows this. It's almost like he knows too much about how things work. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not even knowing how they work. It's like I'm probably making it up in my head. You are, but yeah, exactly. But so totally. it just, but it that my brain has just like decided that's the case, and I can't. So yeah. we're gonna have to send Liam on a degree course in like aeronautics. ML Sochiak, she flipping, she gets nervous, flies all the time. Yeah, um, I've got, I've got a method that I use now to make myself less nervous. Alcohol? No. Oh, sorry. I don't yeah, do he I know that. Yeah. I'm like, well, you can make an exception for flying. I mean, 
You're like international waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. Um, on the uh, Happy Kid, mm-hmm. there's effects, nice effects on the guitars, and I think, I think, and it's not used enough. I think they used the whammy bar to okay. make that nice wow, 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 yeah. sound nice. um, as they're strumming, um, and there's a soft reprieve, and then a lift, and then a drop, and then a soft outro. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, starts all big and rocky. Um, and yeah, it kind of kicks off. Kind of kicks off three. So there's two three soft ones in the Double mid. ticks is what it does. Nice. You there, know are, there are two soft ones. So it's um, Killian's red and Lapor sour, and then three big ones. And they're not they're not all big bombastic ones. Like the no. last one is a bit of a paper mix. boat. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like it, it kicks off that downhill run to to finish, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So in no quick fix, mm-hmm. that's a surf rock guitar. Yeah. That's that's what they're kicking off with. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice melodies and they intertwine and intermingle nicely. Um, harmonies, which I'm always a fan of. Again, he's way up there in his um, upper register um, and he sings, Come on now, you got to try it out. You're killing time. You're killing mine. Which I thought was a, an interesting, nice. nice way of saying, Come on. It's not just you affected here. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he likes that's one of his going out partying songs as well. Oh, so cool. he's like, so he goes, I can't stay home I'm trying to Like don't it's that thing where it's like you can't connect to someone and just so it's like, should I talk to you? It's like no, no, if I talk to you, the words won't be right or it's not gonna work. So let's just not talk and we'll just yeah, do other things. Can really we cool. can we go to some hand claps, please? Yep. Mm-hmm. In high speed soul. Yeah. That's a rocky intro again. Hand claps mm-hmm. and double synth. double tick for, hand, for high tick. speed soul yeah. as well. Nice. Very nice. Vocal nice. melodies. Nice. So he's got a little trick in this one. Um, during the verse, where he extends the vowels at the in the end word um, in every line, so mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, um, which uh, it was nice, but it was driving and fun. Mm. Um, so the lyrics I found interesting because it was essentially an entire song about having an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Including lyrics. Which is literally the most existential thing you can possibly say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, but but another reason I love this one: there is a bass solo. Ah, nice. And then so there's a bass solo that's really loud, and then it, it. dropped in the mix so a guitar riff can come over which is then dropped in the mix so the piano can come in so it's just like building it up like russian dolls um and then the outro is the same as riff as the intro um on the guitar but in a different key nice so that so was a, things, I, things i do not know i cannot tell 
Um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, listen to the end of the song and yeah. then go to the beginning of the song and mm. go, oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, it's the same riff, but yeah. it's they're different notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, I thought that that was a nice bookending of that song. So that was that didn't have lots of lifts and drops. It seemed a bit more driving for the, yeah. whole, the whole one, like the punkier, rockier one. Mm. Just going to jump to Paper Boats, the big mm. epic number to finish. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he said something about it that I really love in terms of flawless yes um he said it's funny with the last ones right i described it to somebody once that all the theories that were about sequencing your first is a bit of a calling card if you have a hit you put it third the weird one you really love is number seven the weakest track is going to be number eight and the one you don't know what to do with is number nine and then the one you hope has enough magic in it to make someone want to repeat the whole record again is the last one and also i tend to think of the last one as being a bit of a slower downbeat song is okay but i bet there's a totally valid philosophy that you should go out on a rocker also, I think I feel like it's the end of the night, you know? The last song has to put you to bed. It has to function two ways. It has to make you want to start the record over or peacefully go to sleep. So, I don't know. That seemed like the right one. So, we've talked about... How much end, thought. End songs, yeah. end songs in albums. Do, and, you know, we've said no because we wanted it... Depends Correct. on the band. We want it to be I, a big one. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes it's like, oh, no, I love this because it's a nice, quiet one and it leads perfectly to loop back around. And then he was just like, apropos of nothing, he just summarized that entire thing mm. for us in this interview, which was really cool. So he just did it for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what just, he said. So what we can it? we can quote him yeah. in every episode when we yeah. talk about final <laughs> yeah. songs. Yeah, and why it yeah. is or, or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. yeah, why it is or isn't, and, <laughs> we, can, and we are left to choose. Yeah. But um, Up yeah. So it's about being like you know paper boats, you know, being rushed along by the water you, with no control over where you're going. Yeah. Um, it's he talked about um, all I am is a body floating, floating down. downwind. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So he said. There's the New York subway system and there are certain points where two train lines will run alongside each other, completely different, separate to one another. And there'll be a point where those trains are at exactly the same height. And so you can see that other train and you can look across to a train full of other people who aren't looking at you and you, you normally wouldn't be looking at them. Like you're just completely disassociated from them. Mm. But then at some point, if you time it just right, their train rises slightly and so if you're looking at them when they do that, they just ethereally, these people just start rising up into the air. Mm. And you and like they've got no, like it does, doesn't, they're not doing anything to no. make that happen. They're not, they're thinking about their phones or their yeah. music or whatever, or they're reading, reading the something. Paper. But just suddenly these people just like slowly start floating. And you, he was just like, his mind was like, these people just float up into the sky. <laughs> so so cool. yeah, he was just like this idea of like paper boats in water and just being rushed along to mm. a destination that you have no control over. It's nice. But it starts soft. And then picks up into mm-hmm. a sort of a bit of a crescendo, but then cuts back out again. So he tries to have mm-hmm. it both ways with like a softer one and a and a bigger one at the end, which is really cool. Well, it's the longest one on the album. Mm. There you go. Um, cool. Anything else that anyone wants to talk to before I do my final pitch? Oh, I think it's final pitch time, dude. Final cool. pitch, then. Awesome. So they're not virtuosos at like I've, st- I've talked about the drum work but we haven't talked about like amazing guitar work or amazing skills with bass like the basses are there mm-hmm. but they're not they're not virtuosos at any three parts of it and we talked about his voice being really good but once again it's not like oh my god this guy's got the wor- best voice in the world but they're just masters at crafting these little perfect little poppy songs there's a breeziness to the song construction and cause always speaks honestly and openly and so many of the songs are things that just happened to him in his life so the the first part will be describing the thing that happened and then the second part will be his reflections on the thing that happened, which is really cool. And he's always balancing it between these things that make me sad. These are things that make me sad or versus I should just be happy because there's so much joy in other life. 
So he feels like another musician who sees a lot of the problems around the world, but is never going to be so bold as to suggest. And I'm the guy with the answers. I'm the one who's like, here's, here's the answer to all those problems. Um, the music is delicate, warm, inviting and loving, but also melancholy without ever being dreary or morose. Um, Let Go makes thoughtful pop rock look easy. And that's what makes it flawless. Oh, so oh, cool. we'll go to Grant. Hey. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down for Nada Surf's Let Go. Nada Surf's Let Go. Um, there is so much to like in this. Like literally there are ticks and double ticks all over the shop um, from Blizzard through to, to Paper Boat. My only challenge in it was the one that you liked, Fruit Fly. Why? Oh, no. If you could have... Uh, and I was That's like, like my favorite song. Yeah, That's my well, favorite no. song of the and album. Like, <laughs> why are we talking? It's, it's, it, 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 and I think if it was more like all of the president, like the president's album that we said yes because it was so like these random events. I thought the other ones were talking you know, the way you wear your head and blonde and blonde love. There's love and quick fixes and happy kids, but why fruit fly? And if the fruit fly wasn't on that, and you just went from the way you wear your head, I think to blonde and blonde. I would have said yes, and right. I will listen to this because um, there are lots of, I think your description about it not being too melancholy and or morose, there's some really nice tracks in here that's like, wow, this is a cool, cool album, but for Fruit Fly. But for so fruit. thank you very much. That's okay. But not Fruit Fly. Not Fruit Fly. No. Uh, George? The imagery. Yeah. The imagery. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it look, I mean, it's, I just didn't think it fitted. That was like mm-hmm. okay. an ordering thing. That's all. Though. All good. You know, like, no, like, that's okay. Thank you for bringing it. A reason is a reason. We don't. We are not here to challenge those reasons. <laughs> as much as we do all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and hold it against each other. Yeah, absolutely. Forever. Uh, George, final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay. So when I first um, started listening, um, I think I dropped in the group chat. Yeah. yeah. This is, <laughs> this is, this this is popular. popular. <laughs> and then I followed it up with, but this is pretty. Yes. Mm. And uh, it was just like, that was a fair call, right? As an mm. album. It's Correct. a very pretty album. So yeah. um, if you if it was called anyone, anything other than not a surf, you could have made that playlist and named it Diffused. Um, and I'd have been like, okay, um, listening to that album, it would have been like, like completely empty ears. Um, so I came at it with the mindset of just going, they changed, they grew, that's fine. Um, and yeah, so um, I have done little hearts against multiple songs on here because I've really enjoyed um, some of the slow numbers um, with like the, just the acoustic and stuff. I thought that was really sweet. I thought it was quite bold actually to open with Blizzard because normally you wouldn't open with like a solo um, song mm. you'd open with the band and then you'd slip the solo song in at track three mm. or something like that yeah. so I thought it was an interesting way of like ramping you up into the album but it worked really well and how it transitioned into the way you wear your head or that the manic pixie song and um, so yeah um and yeah so I like I especially did like the rocky ones um and I really like the concept of Killian's Red um, but there was a few songs that I skipped because I got to the point where I was like, 52 minutes of this is probably a bit much. Like yeah. for um, uh, for me, it, I'm, I'm usually aimed at the 40 minute mark for mm-hmm. this sort of music. Um, but I, I 
really didn't enjoy Blonde on Blonde, oh. which ah, we okay. didn't talk to. Um, yeah, so um, I found myself going from Fruit Fly and skipping into Inside of Love. Mm-hmm. And then um, we did talk about La Forza, but um, I didn't really enjoy that because it felt out of place just having okay. a random French song. Right. I was just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You've never, like, like... You've not cool. not implied Frenchness yeah. in any in anything, <laughs> anything else, else in anything else because it, it was just one of their songs but with French lyrics mm. and I was like it, it and it just just I disturbed me a little bit I was just <laughs> like but that's not what you sound like because I've been listening to the album so much yeah um so I was going to end it on Happy Kid um because okay. I the 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 pattern of lift and drop and lift and drop and lift and drop happening so much in a song um i struggled with because i it would lift and i'm like i'm ready for you mm. and then it would drop and i'm like oh no. yeah. <laughs> and then it would lift again and i'm like no you caught me out the first time yeah. um for so, a full me twice yeah so um and they have that as a theme which i think definitely works for some people but it didn't work for me but some great ones like Killian's Red, Blizzard, um, The Way You Wear Your Head, especially. Yeah. Um, I really fucking love those songs. So I'm going to hold on to those and keep those forever. So nice. you would have taken out Blonde on Blonde. Yeah. And then dropped La Posa. I think by the time George was finished, it would have been an EP. And yeah, so was, and, and then the last album. two as well. <laughs> I liked it. Anyway, okay, interesting. There you go. Thank you. Okay. That, that's Thank my you, rearrangement of yeah. the album. But um, yes, but it was cool because... I had no idea that they even continued as a band. Yeah, mm, so, exactly. Well, like, if you like some of that stuff, you should check out all their other albums because they're all very consistent, thank you. consistently good in that similar similar That's vein. That's good. So. so thank you, Liam. All good. Thank you, Liam. And we want to thank everyone for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can join the conversation, uh, share or like our posts, and give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. And a final thank you as well to uh, Diffuse Studios, who we are recording in today. Um, Jai, a previous guest on Flawless, was able to set us up in his studio. So thank you very much, Jai and Diffuse Studio. Check them out online if you can. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.